Writers up. This is Riders Up, the best place to get all the horse racing news and information that you need. Now here's your host, Frank Lyons. Welcome to Riders Up here on ESPN Radio, 1300 AM, also on 92.5 FM. I'm your host, Frank Lyons. This program is brought to you by Transformer Equine. For more on these products, go to TransformerEquine.com. It's Preakness Day, everyone. We're eagerly awaiting the Derby 1-2, justifying good magic renewed our rivalry in the starting gate today. On the show today, we have Dale Romans, the all-time leading trainer at Churchill Downs and a spokesman for getting Rick Dutrow back to work. You remember Rick, a 10-year suspension and a $50,000 fine by Naira. He has served five years and it's time to get him back to training. Also, we have Frank Miramati, track announcer at Monmouth Park, going to handicap the Preakness and the undercard, as well as the Belmont and the undercard there at Belmont. And also going to be joined by Michael Blowen, the president and founder of Old Friends. We will check in with Michael and see how our old friends are doing and get all his Preakness selections. So before we get to all of that, we got to go to break here on ESPN Radio. We'll be back. Founded by Horsemen for Horsemen, industry-leading equine transportation company Equijet understands how important your horse's safety is to you. With over two decades of experience in shipping some of the world's top-performing equine athletes, Equijet staff is available to guide you through every step of the shipping process and will ensure that your horses are able to travel across the world or to a local event with ease. Equijet offers unparalleled customer service for all equestrian disciplines in every corner of the globe. To learn more about Equijet services or to request a quote, please visit the website at equijet.com, E-Q-U-I-J-E-T.com. Welcome back to ESPN Radio, Riders Up. I'm your host, Frank Lyons. I'm very pleased to be joined now by Michael Blown, the president and founder of Old Friends. How are you, Michael? I'm great, Frank. I'm great. Here we are in the eve of the Preakness Stakes. What could be better? I mean, this is just fantastic. Now, how's all your uh, your Preakness winners that you have there at the farm? Oh, they're doing really well. We have, of course, uh, the 2002 winner of the Derby and the Preakness, uh, War Emblem here. Uh-huh. Came home from Japan, and he's doing really well. He's as feisty as ever. Looks <laughs> like he could run in the race tomorrow. Yeah. And, uh, and Silver Charm course who won in 1997 and he's here and he's staring over the fence at his old uh, rival touch gold so uh, everybody's so, standing up four-legged and two-legged so that's a good thing that's a good thing <laughs> now uh so you have touch gold out there also how many how many preakness winners are runners up our third place finishes uh have you had at the farm i think I think just the two winners. I think yeah. just the two winners. Although I must say the Preakness is one of my favorite races ever. And I I went, the first time I ever went was when uh, Wayne Lucas won with Tank, Tank's Prospect in a on a rainy day. Back Codex, in didn't he? Five or whatever. Wasn't Codex second? I think so. Yeah. I'm not really even sure about that, but I know that you're a, a, sure. a, a handicapper. So who do you think will win the Preakness? 
Well, I have to, like, justify because, you know, Bob and his whole family came to the farm on Thursday. So right. Bob and Jill and Bodie and and uh, Thursday before the derby with his brother Bill and his sister. And and uh, and the last time that, you know, Bob comes to see his horses all the time. I mean, you know, Silver Charm, mm-hmm. uh, War Emblem, Dan the Bluegrass Man. Game on Dude. Game on Dude, Jimbo Fallon. They're all, they're all Bob. So... I, I must admit that it, it throws my handicapping off when Bob's having a bad streak. Fortunately, he doesn't have too many of those. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Not right now. Anyway, he's. I think he's winning at 30% this year, or 27 I mean, that's bizarre, isn't it? He's been great to us. I'll tell you, this is, this is a great handicapping story. So he came here the Thursday before the Derby, and he says, Michael, you know, I always make my donation to old friends uh, after the Belmont. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to give this to you. And he handed me some cash. And he said, this is only for beer or betting. <laughs> that, you said that suits you fine. <laughs> I said, that's that's the best news I've had yeah. in some time. Yeah. So it was a handful of $100 bills. And uh, and then, so I made a ticket for the farm. And we hit the we hit the pick three twice with, uh, with that horse. The thirty-nine to one shot and Yoshida and Justify. Oh, Funny Duck. Yeah. Yeah, the Calumet horse. Wow. Yes. Oh, what did that pay? So that paid over three thousand dollars for fifty cents, and we had it twice. So we had a big celebration at the farm. Oh, Everybody made money. Yeah. And so it'll buy a lot of carrots. It will buy a lot of carrots. Yeah. Indeed. Huh. <laughs> now, do uh, do your Preakness winners do they uh, get anything special today? Or? Well, yeah, they're gonna tomorrow. They're gonna all get extra carrots. Yeah, huh? And we're gonna show their Preakness victories uh, for everybody that that comes on a tour today and tomorrow and Sunday. We'll show Silver Charms Preakness and uh, and War Emblems Preakness. So, huh? Now that'll uh, be good. Like of all the horses that you've ever had through there, Michael. Who would you say, if the race tomorrow was at a mile and an eighth and you had all the horses that, you, you say the top ten horses that had been at your farm, who would they be? And who would you I, think would win? Well, let's see. We, we'd have to start with uh, my favorite personal horse, and that's Silver Charm. Yep. Of course, he loved a mile and an eighth. Yep. Uh, and we'd have to throw uh, War Emblem in there. Mm-hmm. And... Black Tie Affair would have Ooh. to be there. And maybe maybe the champion sprinter Gulch, who could run at any any yeah. distance. Precisionist? I, yes, I was going to save him because, for last because I think he would win. Yeah, he was a monster, wasn't he? Oh, Frank, I think he's the last American thoroughbred to win a grade one at six furlongs, seven furlongs, a mile, a mile sixteenth, mile an eighth, and mile and a quarter. Wow. Ross and, uh, he Fest- was a personal favorite too. Yeah, Ross Festermaker was the trainer. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, what an amazing horse he was. Uh, Ross only had like five horses at the time when he had uh, Precisionist, and Precisionist's main rider, Chris McCarron, is uh, coming on the show later today with uh, Mikey Cameron uh, that I'm, I'm supposed to be on, and that'll be a lot of fun. Oh, that'll be terrific. Well, you ask Chris. Which horse taught him how to be a jockey? Yeah, that's right. You'd learn a lot from Precisionist. He yeah, went to, Chris he, comes here all the time. He comes to see Alphabet Soup. 
who'd also have to be under consideration for that alphabet race. Of course. Wow. That's a, and so you told me a, a story that uh, you have more stakes winners there on the farm than any farm ever in Kentucky. Yes. I do believe that's true. Well, I would say that it is true uh, mm-hmm. because, uh, you, uh, I mean, it's amazing for anyone to go out to old friends and just look at the graveyard that's there and to see the job that you've done, Michael. And you've given these heroes of our sport a second chance, uh, and they are making money. Well, they cer- yeah, they are making money. Thank goodness. Our, their fans come. We get tremendous support from their fans. We get tremendous support from uh, some of their previous uh, owners. And uh, some of the jockeys that come, like Chris yeah. and, uh, and Ramon Dominguez and Angel Cordero and and uh, and and, uh, and Jean Cougay and Craig Perrette and a lot of the great jockeys still come back because they realize, you know, what these horses did for them and yeah. in their careers, and they're very grateful. And I think, frankly, they're moved to see him to come here and see that they're still doing really, really well. Maybe you should build another farm and have the old friends of jockeys. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And trainers, Frank. And trainers. I could, I could, can, I, can I have a spot? You got it. Okay. You, you the number, number one stall. Okay. Now, for people to donate to old friends, Michael, where, where do they go? Well, they can go on the Internet and look up our website, which yep. is oldfriendsequine.org. I wanted it to just be old friends, but old friends was taken by some senior dating service. So. <laughs> Are you <We> serious? Could... <laughs> uh, so, uh, so it's oldfriendsequine.org. They can check out the website. It has a lot of the stories of the horses. And then if they come to Kentucky, uh, we give tours every day at 10, 1, and 3. Mm-hmm. And it costs $10. And if they don't like it, I tell people I'll give them $20 on their way out. Well, I'll tell you what, you, you won't have to give $20 any time because uh, it's just such a treat to go out there and live through memories. You know, you go out and you see like uh, these horses, and it reminds you of the times that you had when they were running, and it's just so special to see uh, such characters that you have there. Remember when, I said, when you showed me War Emblem? You're about the only person that can feed him, right? Yeah, well, he's... he's- He's pretty picky. Yeah. It's only because I do exactly what he says, and I don't argue with him. I just do whatever he says. It works out really well. Because it's really true. I told this to uh, Bob Baffert when he came. I said, Bob, you know, you have to train him to, to race, and others have to train him to breed. And when they come here, literally, they just have to train us and tell us what they want and when they want it. Yeah. And then they settle down, and everything usually works out pretty well. So can you just give us a story before you go about some kind of characteristic that any horse had, you know? Okay. Yeah. Sure. They're, they're all different, but we, we have a wonderful horse here named Special Ring. Oh, I remember him. Tied. Julio Canani. Remember him? Yes, Julio. Julio had him out in California. He won the Eddie Reed twice. Yep. I believe he finished third in the Breeders' Cup mile. Yep. Lost by like a length and a half. Very handsome animal. Yeah. And one day, and this is absolutely true, I never taught him to do this or anything. I probably had a few too many beers. I was on the golf cart, and I was going around at night just feeding the horses some carrots and making small talk with them. And I said to Special Ring, show me your tattoo. And he flipped his lip back and showed it to me, and I thought I was having a psychedelic <laughs> moment, some kind of drug flashback. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and now he does it all the time for the tours and gets his picture taken and... You know, he's, they're all amazing, and they all, 
you know, I, I one of the things that's impressed me about him that I didn't know really when I was just betting and drinking um, is that they're very, very intelligent. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The good ones especially are so, so smart. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I believe that. We're, sorry, we, go we ahead. Just, we, we, we just got... We just got a horse. We just got a horse out of quarantine named Nicanor. Oh, Barbaro's brother. Barbaro's full brother. Yeah. And we've got one coming. Who's probably people don't remember this horse, but I remember him really, really well. He's a New Jersey horse that I used to make money on because I don't think he ever threw in a clunker. Hmm. And uh, he made over a million dollars. Wow. And his name is Joey P. Yeah. Oh, jo- the sprinter. Yeah, sixteen. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's sixteen. He's a sixteen-year-old gelding. Wow! And he'll be arriving uh, Sunday around around noontime. And I, I'm so excited to get Joey P here because oh. when I used to bet Meadowlands and 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 uh, Joey P was always always in the running, and he always 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 made the effort. He just I think he raced till he was nine. Really? Wow! Yeah. Oh. So now let me take a guess at what uh, special ring was by. He was by Barathea, was he? I think so. Yeah. I got to look it up. Yeah, I'll look it I'm up gonna too. Have, yeah. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to look look up his uh, his, his breeding and and that Nicanor. He might not have inherited uh, Barbaro's uh, Barbaro's talent, but I'll tell you something. He uh, he. Uh, he he he's very very smart and he really looks like his brother. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's going to be a tremendous uh, favorite, I think. And we're very grateful, Gretchen Jackson, for allowing us to take care of him. Yeah, so we're, we're very grateful to you, Michael, for taking oh, care so. of them. You know that. And uh, I, so I've got the I've got go, the info on Special Ring. He was a Nureyev. Nureyev. Oh, yeah. Huh. Out of a bearing mare named Ringbo. Huh. Hmm. Ha, huh, so I was wrong. But uh, not the first time, won't be the last time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, wait till the fourth race, I'll be wrong again. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so now, everyone, we encouraged them to go out to Old Friends, and it was just a beautiful place to, to, to go, to see. It's the most peaceful morning or afternoon that you can spend, and Michael will be there to entertain you and tell you the stories about he knows more about all those horses than probably the trainers and the owners did. Uh, and, uh, so, Michael, I want to thank you very much. We're going to tune in with you once a month and hear the updates for uh, old friends, uh, see who's maybe passed away, see who's new, and just hopefully it's not going to be either me or you. Yeah, well, well I hope to outlast a few of them, yeah, Frank. I hope so too, Michael. Michael Blown, everyone. Thank you very much, Michael. Thank you, Frank. Thanks so much. See you, Mike. So now we're going to go off to break here on ESPN Radio, 1300 AM. We'll be back. Arthrosize is a breakthrough new joint supplement for performance horses. It features a revolutionary new hyaluronic acid. It's the smallest molecular size and weight. Therefore, it passes the gut wall. You'll see results in three to five days, and we guarantee it. We also have a special introductory offer. If you buy a gallon, you get a free quart. What a great way to start. After three years of successful trials with thoroughbred racehorses in England, Equalize was introduced in North America December 1st through leading veterinarians and top trainers. 
Equalize is a daily throat wash and supplement guaranteed to produce wonderful results for problem bleeders, eaters, and breathers. Take us up on the challenge. For more information, visit Equalize.net or call 1-800-615-8829. It's Cashback Saturday with Naira Betts. This Saturday at Belmont Park, bet $20 on one horse to win the Man of War Stakes. If your horse comes in second, you'll receive your cashback up to $20. Not a Naira Betts member yet? Join today with promotion code RIDERSUP and receive a $200 sign-up bonus. Visit NairaBets.com for more information and register. Welcome back to ESPN Radio, 1300 AM. And right now on the phone, very pleased to be joined by the all-time leading trainer at Churchill Downs, Dale Romans. Dale, how are you? Doing well, doing well, Frank. Yeah, so uh, now first of all, Dale, what's going to win the Preakness? Nah, I just told somebody I think good magic will win just because Chad Brown's such a better trainer than Bob Baffert. Well, that's exactly right. <laughs> uh, now, it's been seven years to the day since Shackleford. What's your memories of that? That was one special day. I know when he turned for home in the Kentucky Derby, I thought we had it won at the yeah. post. So I told everybody, I know what it feels like to think you won the Derby. Yeah. So I was a little happy when, when they were coming running at him, but but it was a great feeling when they hit the wire to win our only classic win. Yeah. Now, was that your favorite win of all time, Dale? I don't know. You know, Miss Mindy, February 15, 1987, was probably my first win. Made 3,500 at Turfway Park. Oh, that was, yeah, that was your favorite win, huh? Yeah, that's yeah. the first one ever. Now, to get on to the subject of uh, Rick Dutrow, you are the man whose name is behind this whole petition and, uh, you know, getting Rick back to uh, training. Uh, what is the situation there, and why did you feel so strongly about uh, this, Dale? Well, you, all, you know, Rick's a good friend of yours, too, yep. and, and mine, as we should make it clear to everybody. We know the man, not the legend, not the man. Mm-hmm. And we, we know that he is a good person, a kind person, that loves his horses, that was completely railroaded. And regardless, I keep trying after five years to not revisit all the issues and the reasons, but five years is enough. He got a 90-day suspension. He appealed it like you should be able to in America. You should have someone take a second look at a case so important. Yeah. And just for exercising his right as an American, he got went from 90 days to 10 years and a $50,000 fine. Yeah. If he had done his 90 days and, uh, and it kept his mouth shut, he'd been fine. Yeah. But he... And the thing is, he's my friend, your friend. But everyone should be outraged that something like that can happen to anyone in any business yeah. in America. Yeah. And, and everybody should stand up and fight against it. And, and it's just it's criminal. The one thing done to this guy, they're absolutely ruining, bankrupting. Yeah. And, uh, he lost his house. A, lost, lost his house. Everything. You know. Not allowed him to work in all these years. And he really has not done hardly any. I, I tell you, I don't want to revisit the statement. People can go read John Preachy's articles, they lay it out better than anything. And you can find out that he really deserves to be allowed to go back to work and do what he knows how to do and the only thing he knows how to do. Well, you know, if you murder someone in this country, you'll get out after serving half your sentence. So Exactly. Um, I, <clears throat> I believe that uh, 
<clears throat> Naira should um, uh, revisit it and, uh, y you know, uh, accept Rick back, and we should all be very happy because, you know, I mean, oh, I describe Rick as being a horse's best friend. Uh, he is. 11 years, no catastrophic injuries. I mean, yeah. it's impossible. Not training or racing. Yeah. So if you're doing something so wrong, you're cheating so bad, you're making horses run faster than a skeleton allows them, they're going to have catastrophic injuries. Yeah. It's never happened with Rick. Yeah. And, uh, so if he's cheating, he should teach us all how to do it because he's kept a good, healthy horse. Yeah. And, you know, Rick's not – If you've got to get to know him to really know who he is. Yeah. And he – tell you another thing nobody talks about. He One of the things everybody says, he said he used steroids when someone asked him, yeah. a reporter. And he, he said an honest thing. We all did at the time. It was legal. It was, nobody worried about it. Yeah. We all did it. Yeah. But you realize that statement led to the no one having to use steroids or put steroids in a horse. If he had lied that day or done said something he shouldn't have, we'd yeah. probably still using him today. Yeah. And, you you know, the one thing about Rick is that uh, he's got no filter. Uh, no filter. He, he doesn't yeah. know how to lie. He tells the truth at all tells times. Tells the truth at all times. He's the most honest person you've ever... Most honest person you've ever met. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, so what is the situation then? Uh, Rick well, told me the other day that um, he was hope hopefully getting in front of the racing commission um, this next week, but uh, you said otherwise yesterday. Yeah, the agenda was supposed to come out with Rick on it on Monday, and it came out where he's not on it, and they used the excuse of the fact that uh, um, the, 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 the gaming bill that the Supreme Court shot down, they were going to discuss that and said, well, that's all bullshit. They be two, three years down the road for sports gambling affecting horse racing, and Rick Dutcher is going to work tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, so it's just easier for anyone in a position of power to ignore it or say no than it is to do the right thing. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and let me tell you, anybody out there is listening – what what stops it from being you next? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Now, and, someone decides they don't like you. Yeah, yeah. And, and what can people do? Uh, is it well, is there still time to sign the petition? Or yeah, keep going on signing the petition. The more people who show support, you know, and it's not to knock the, the gaming commission. The whole the idea of the petition was to give them cover and show them that that's what the people of this industry want. They know that Rick should be back. That he's done enough time, five years is enough, and he shouldn't be allowed back to work. And we just wanted to give them the cover of, of you know, look at the prominent names in the game that have signed it. Yeah. And, and those are people that understand and know that he should, it, it's a, a time served, enough. Don't argue the case anymore. Don't worry about what was done, what was said, who yeah. did what. We forgive and forget is five years is enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it re it re it re we have seen Dale, uh, Dale, we've seen Rick through the years. He just, uh, I mean, you couldn't have seen a person that lost everything like he did because of nothing. I mean, there wasn't anything. Because, right. Nothing, nothing, nothing. He's, you know, he, it, it, it's all better. When he walks in the barn for the first time, it's all over. Forgotten. Yeah. He yeah. just wants to be with horses. Yeah. And I see he was, uh, he, he was uh, spending time with uh, uh, the horses with, uh, 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 you know, paralyzed people and uh, people with mental right. issues and stuff. Uh, and you can see the smile on his face just being around horses again. I mean, Rick really needs to get back to work. That's what we're telling right. you. And yes. uh, and uh, so uh, well, I want to uh, I want to thank you, Dale, and uh, 
you know, I'm not sure why you put your name up on the headlines for all the criticism and judgment and uh, putting yourself out there, but you honestly believe that, um, as I do, that uh, I, I, I think that uh, I would rather be out there for criticism and judgment and know that I was right in doing what I'm doing. There's nothing, you'll never go wrong by doing the right thing. And anybody who wants to criticize doing the right thing, I don't want to be a part of anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Dale, I'll let you get back to work. Okay, you have the weekend uh, weekend off uh, tomorrow and Sunday. Anyway, at least you have one horse in at uh, at Churchill on Sunday, and I'm sure you'll get to your assistant to saddle that. So I hope you have a great weekend, Dale. Thank you, bud. Talk to you later. All right, talk to bye. you later. That's uh, Dale Romans, the all-time leading trainer at Churchill Downs, and uh, he has really put his efforts uh, besides training, his efforts into this, uh, getting Rick Dutrow back to training and uh, making the world a, a better place with Rick in it. And uh, that's the way it should be. All right, so we're going to go off to break here on ESPN Radio 1300 AM. We'll be Once back. again, Coolmore America's Munnings showed why he's one of the best value sires in America with a stakes double last weekend. His four-time graded stakes winning son, Om, took his earnings to over a million dollars with a victory in the Grade 3 Thunder Road stakes at Santa Anita. Also on the same day, Chief Cicatriz extended his record to seven wins from nine starts in the Phoenix Gold Cup for owner-breeder Roy Evans. Munnings is a proven sire of racehorses and stands at Coolmore America's Ashford Stud for a fee of 25000 in 2018. Visit www.coolmore.com. Enviro Equine and Pet knows the most important thing that anyone can have is information, which is why we support Riders Up, which brings racing enthusiasts the most timely and valuable information from the voices shaping racing today. Enviro Equine and Pet produces products for horses and pets out of the finest all-natural ingredients formulated by top professionals. By blending the best of nature and science, Enviro Equine will give your animal what they need to be healthy. All Enviro Equine and pet products are free from GMOs, lessen inflammation, lessen joint pain, improve skin and coat health, and support immunity. To learn more about Enviro Equine and Pet's complete product line, please visit www. EnviroEquine.com today. That's www.enviroequine.com today. Welcome back to ESPN Radio, 1300 AM, also available on 92.5 FM, which is a brand new thing for this show. And very pleased to be joined right now by Frank Miramati. How are you, Frankie? I'm feeling great. This is one of the big days of the year in horse racing, so if you're not enjoying this, what are you even doing in this game? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, what do you think about uh, Justify today? Well, he's going to be one to five, so I think, like everybody, that you you know, if you're trying to try to beat him, good luck. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's he looks like a monster, and um uh, very proud of his effort in the Kentucky Derby. Bob is undefeated in Preaknesses where he's won the Derby. He's yeah. got the right horse. You know, I've been a big fan of Good Magic all along, but I'm actually going to pick Quip to finish second. I'm going to pick it. I agree with you. Well, I'm not sure. Quip, good, ma- good Magic is, I don't like anything, and, and believe me, I, I consider Chad Brown already a future Hall of Famer. How's that for a compliment? Because it's factual. It's well, of course. Himself. Of course. But, yeah. but 
the initial instinct was we're not running, and then he came out good. And he's a runner, and he fires all the time, and he has every race of his career, and he's the deserving champion, as I've always said from last year. But I could see, he gave a serious run at Justify last time out. So there are two schools of thought. One is he could do it again. The other is he could be a little bit intimidated when he sees that big boy once again in front of him. And maybe Quip, who I think had a deceptively good race in the Arkansas yep. Derby. I was against Magnum Moon in the Derby, but I don't really have to always equate who was here, who was there. Mm-hmm. I think Quip ran a great race that day. The fact he was still second down toward the rail with that trip, holding on, showed he's very game. And, uh, of course, Elliot Walden trained his daddy, distorted humor. I think he's going to make a good account of himself. Uh, you know, I agree with you. that I, would, I actually put him in third place, though, but uh, just to find... Good magic and quip, but uh, he he definitely you know if the others if they stub their toe a, a little bit because they're just coming back in two weeks and remember always dreaming last year I remember Johnny Velasquez being interviewed before the race and he just had a look of no doubt in his mind was that always dreaming was going to just run the same sort of race that he did in the Derby the Derby hadn't taken anything out of him. And he spit the bit at the half mile pole. So if these horses, because no one knows if they're going to uh, bounce out of the Derby at all, they're you know uh, lightly raced horses. And if they do, Quip will be the horse that will take up the ru- uh, the running. But I don't think that uh, Justify and Good Magic are going to throw in a clunker uh, today. Uh, now before we start, uh, we, before we start handicapping uh, Pimlico, I want to ask you about the story with the sports wagering in New Jersey. That apparently yeah. is a huge deal. It is a huge deal, and it's great news for Monmouth Park. Yeah, and um, it's much needed for Monmouth Park, which has been talked about. Uh, quite a bit and extensively. Everybody who listens to your show knows that uh, Monmouth Park faces adversity mm-hmm. in that the surrounding states all have casino gaming, which helps purses. But Monmouth is such a beautiful venue with so much tradition that it has continued to uh, operate under the care of Dennis Drazen and his team at Derby Development. Dennis Drazen, I mean, how huge is this for a man who has given so much to Monmouth Park in this cause for him to, A, as a prominent lawyer, win a big legal case, yeah. and then B, have his efforts benefit Monmouth Park. Uh, there could be no uh, more gratifying situation for him. Um, I know that it's not going to happen as immediately as we want, which would be you know uh, the Memorial Day, but hopefully immediately thereafter, and that nothing gets uh, tangled up in politics. But you know, it's like the old, uh, my buddy used to always this good thing, he goes, listen, the answer is money. What's the question? <laughs> so there's a lot of money involved in this. Yeah. And so everyone wants to get involved ASAP. I just hope Monmouth Park uh, gets the appropriate credit and consideration in getting them open when they're, since they're ready to go and since they have fought this entire fight for the whole country. Uh, I always have thought it's absolutely irrational that this would not be available. Sure. And I think it's and I, you know you don't want to get a, you know you don't want to go off on tangents, but the professional leagues all know that people are betting much of it illegally on sports. I mean, please, give me a break with yeah, all that. Yeah. But so, uh, it's good that it's going to be something that is out there and available, and uh, Monmouth Park uh, is going to succeed because of it um, in that particular arena, and hopefully it's going to be even bigger than they're hoping. And I congratulate and I'm very proud for everyone at Monmouth Park because the one thing about this place, when I went to work here, I said to myself, this is a team of executives and people at all departments that have been here for a long time. Mm-hmm. And Monmouth has, is one of the most beautiful venues. I've called it a lot of tracks. I've been to a lot of tracks. Monmouth is a beautiful place to watch horse racing. And the problem is 
when you can't compete with you know four tracks that are very close to you, it becomes tougher. It's look, it's just common sense in business. Yeah. And uh, when those supplements were lost, they need an additional revenue stream. Hopefully, this revenue stream won't become so spread out. And this is just my own opinion. Obviously, I don't speak on behalf of Mammoth, but hopefully, it won't go so far out to where it's not huge for Mammoth Park because I want it to be enormous for them. They deserve it, and they they deserve to earn because of it. And then pass it on to the horsemen. So, so now tell me what is the sports wagering like? What is allowed now? To, just in plain terms, like if I want to bet the New uh, New York Yankees, uh, I can bet it at uh, at Monmouth Park? Is that what You'll it be is? able to. Yeah, yes, you'll be able to. Here's the thing. We've partnered with William Hill, and William Hill has over 100 locations throughout Nevada. They're in a lot of casinos. For example, if you go to Las Vegas, you would find them at the SLS Hotel, which is uh, used to be the Sahara, you'd find them at Hooters, you'd find them at a place called Tuscany, you'd find them all over the place, at downtown Las Vegas, all over. So it's basically uh, kind of like a subway where they're all over the place. And right. as a result of that, and because they're based and uh, founded overseas, they take in so much action on these games that they give you the best lines. And what I mean by that is, in, in some circumstance, you would take the Yankees like you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And for the most part, the Yankees are pretty big favorites. So you'd be laying sometimes, if they're at home with a good pitcher, let's say, Frank, you'd be laying 2-1 to one in a game, right? Right. And, and if you take the other side, you'd get plus 9-5, to five, to use it in horse racing terms. Right. With William Hill's high volume, they're going to be able to give you an even sharper line than you can at an average Las Vegas property. Like, hmm. uh, for people that know about sports betting, the point would be, like, at a lot of properties, it's a 15-cent or 20-cent difference. At William Hill, it's 10 cents. And that makes a big difference. Oh, it's yeah. kind of like lower takeout. So it, it's, a, it's exactly like lower takeout because that's what it is. Yeah. And they do that. And, and so that is a perfect uh, partner. So no matter what comes up, the William Hill price is the sharpest price and the best price for the consumer. And that's an absolute fact. Nobody who ever has bet sports in Las Vegas could argue successfully that they don't have as good or better than anyone else, particularly the more prominent companies, because the more prominent companies have the luxury of having beautiful properties where people sure. are going to go downstairs, and they're, they're not worried if they have to bet either 195 to win 100 or 200 to win 100 on a big favorite. Yeah. Or if they're betting a regular game, whether they bet 115 to win 100 versus 110 to win 100, it really doesn't matter to the average player. Yeah. But uh, to, the, to the person who was really involved in it, it makes a huge difference, and it, uh, it's like going to a racetrack or playing the early pick five where you get... And uh, you know the fourteen percent takeout, where it's player friendly, right? Sure, sure. Huh. So it's great. They're going to have all kinds of things, from what I understand. Uh, uh, it all has to go through whatever the state approves. But if it's based on the William Hill model in Nevada, it's going to be a fantastic menu of wagering options, and it's going to be uh, there's going to be a tremendous amount of action. And it's not only going to be at Monmouth Park; it's going to be uh, up at the Meadowlands. It's going to be at Atlantic City. It's going to be everywhere. Yeah. But Monmouth Park. And Dennis Drazen, uh, what an amazing thing to be able to get the Supreme Court sure. to look at that thing, let alone uh, overturn it. It's, it's great news for Monmouth. And I'm particularly happy for Mr. Drazen because I know he has worked, you know, untold hours on the project. Yeah. Now, and is that going to roll out uh, through different states? That's what they're saying now, is that other, well, there are other states, yes, there are other states that have already even voted on this. Oh, right. Because they realized that they were, you know, and, and I'm sure as time goes on, common sense will prevail, and most places will say, hmm, yeah. this makes sense. Look, Churchill Downs has already partnered with a New Jersey casino, the Golden Nugget, 
to be involved in theirs. Churchill Downs is a smart company. They're not going to let something like this sure, of course. go away. Of course. They're, they're already involved with the Golden Nugget, which is a very nice property in Atlantic City. So, uh, you know, a lot of people, the uh, MGM owns the Borgata in Atlantic City, and the MGM has huge book, uh, sports book activity in Nevada. So it's an easy transition for a lot of other people to make as well. Huh. We could not have partnered with a better outfit, though, than William Hill. That is a stone-cold fact, and uh, I'm sure when they originally negotiated, I don't know how it went down, but if William Hill was doing the smart presentation, they would have said, hey, we offer the best pricing yeah. to your customer, and so we're your most viable partner. We've done this with so many other properties that we're not involved in. Uh-huh. Uh, this is what we do. We book games. And so uh, that presentation uh, obviously worked, and it did for good reason, because there's nothing better than William Hill. Well, that is, uh, that's uh, a tremendous uh, asset for a racetrack to have, and I'm sure that's going to uh, provide the uh, money that is needed for uh, the, uh, Monmouth Park uh, right now, because Monmouth Park was struggling very much, sure. so it looks like it's got a lifeline. Yeah, when you lose millions of dollars in supplements, that's yeah. a tough situation when there are tracks like Laurel, Delaware, sure. Belmont, uh, Philadelphia Park parks. I, I still call it Philadelphia Park. <laughs> parks. When all those tracks are, you know, driving distance, you better believe it's going to be tougher. Yeah. Well. So let's get to handicapping. Are you ready? Let's pick some winners. Let's, let's get pick back some to the reality, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, you know, when we say gambling, we're all about winners. So now in the uh, seventh race of Pimlico today, the Dixie, the 117th running, great race. Usually uh, run on a, a softer turf course, and today it's going to be no different. And the question mark is, what happened to world approval in the Kilro Mile at Santa Anita? Uh, this is a brilliant horse. He's mm-hmm. earned over $3 million. He's going to be a very short price today. I just don't know. Of course his best is best. But when you run a race like that, I don't care what the circumstance is. When, you, when you're this good and you run that poorly against horses that you're far superior yep. to, one would have to wonder. And so uh, while it's obvious that his best is best, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a crazy long shot in here, an unbridled wand for the Stronach Stable. This horse has torched some chalk in his time. Don't yeah. kid yourself. Uh, he has disappointed his backers way back when, dating back to the 2016. But he's always had a touch of class. He's been gelded now. Yep. And uh, I, I don't know, maybe. Edgar Prado on a big week, this horse has tactical yeah. speed. Uh, there's reason to think he could get in, you know, get into a piece of this. But if World Approval fires, they're all running for a second. What do you think of it? Well, you know, I agree with you 100% on World Approval. I think that maybe uh, Flavian had him a little closer last time through a torrid pace at 22 and 3, 45 and 2. But he's, he's, you know, he's done that before and overcome. And he gets back to Johnny Velasquez today. So um, the horse that I kind of like in in there is the four-horse Frostmorn. Yes. This ho- this horse's form is very good on yielding surfaces, and he's won five of nine. He's in uh, uh, arguably a very good horse. Now, I would bet Frostmourne to win and just do a little exacta with World Approval and Frostmourne because if World Approval runs his race, he he will win. Uh, but you're right. Uh, you know, like uh, sometimes uh, it has to come to an end. And he was on a, a a streak there that was second to none last year. Breeders' Cup mile winner. He came back and when he won at Tampa Bay, he beat Forge by half a length. But he didn't really look like a tremendous kind of horse that day. And then when he went out to the Kilroe Mile, he threw in a clunker at one to yep. two. 
so um, I would agree with you that uh, uh, you know I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't single world world approval in uh, you know in my bets today, but I would like Frostmourne and also then on the outside Divisidero. Uh, he he's got good form on uh, yielding ground too, and he's arguably a, a very good horse himself, uh, son of Kitten's Joy. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, I will go for the four horse to to win and a seven four exact, uh, just in case I get beat. Yeah, he's a nice horse. I remember his race in the Pen Mile vividly, and he's had other big victories. He's a good good horse, and uh, I would not be surprised to see him win one bit. So now, in the eighth race, the Chick Lang, uh, there's a three to five favorite in there for Steve Asmussen Mitole. But the only thing about his record is he got beat at forty cents on the dollar to one on a sloppy racetrack. Uh, the last, the only time he's ever been on an off track, a sloppy sealed racetrack at Oaklawn, where the speed was very dominant and he couldn't hold on. I'm not sure. He's if, a beast, though. He is. A oh, beast. he's a beast. I know. He's a running son of a gun. If you've watched him, you know that. Curly's Rocket maybe completes the exact Yeah. I don't care what they run on. They can put that thing as any track condition imaginable. If Steve Asmussen think it's, thinks it's okay for him to get to the gate, they will not be anything but his tail. I'm going to go Heinz 57 sauce. Heinz 57 exact well, I'm going to put one in there for you to just upset your little Heinz 57. Right. <laughs> and that's the number six horse, Runaway. He, right. uh, Runaway, he will love the off track, I believe, because of his breedings by Runaway and Hyde. It was by City Zip out of a pulpit mare. Cost 325000 Simon Callahan is not bringing him over here because he's not doing good. And this horse runs very well fresh. Uh, going six furlongs, I believe that he can, at a big price... Sneak in there, and I'm not saying he's going to win. Again, I would do a Mitole on top, a 5-6 exacta, but I do have respect for the 7 as well, Curly's Rocket. So I'd say a 7-6-5-6 exacta and a 6-horse to win. You're documented. Documented. It's on tape. Uh, so now in the um, ninth race, that's the Gallaret, 67th running of the Gallaret, grade 350,000, going a mile to 16. By the way, uh, w- w- would uh, these, uh, they'd have no chance of coming off the grass, no matter how much it rains, right? I mean, this is what it's all about. They know what's coming tomorrow. They know it's going to be rain, and they know they're going to be right on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in in the race, I believe that the uh, uh, there's a horse in there that will relish the conditions and will run a big race at a big price. That's going to be number six. I that's, know. I, I know that's where you're coming. Yeah, with. absolutely. Uh, a daughter of Siuni, who's a tremendous sire back in France. Um, this horse has uh, w- was third behind Inflexibility from the Chad Brown barn, uh, who ran last week, ran second. But uh, Alicia's world is going to be tough. Cambodia is going to be tough. But I say take a chance with blessed silence. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. I, I really have. This is one of those races, Frank. I don't have a strong opinion. I'll just leave that one to you because I got you. I, I want to pick Cambodia, but I really don't want to see eight to five. That's ridiculous for her. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, she was very good last year. In fact, I loved her in this race last year. Mm-hmm. But uh, eight to five, I think she's going to actually move up from eight to five. I'm going to say she'll be two to one. I just can't see any of these horses being eight to five. I mean, it's a tough, tough race. And uh, if I had to go somewhere, I would go to her. But at that price, there are many better opportunities. Yeah, okay. Well, then the 10th race is the Maryland Sprint. Grade 3, 150,000, going six furlongs. Bunch of tough and hard-knocking old horses. But there's no real star in here except... Yes. Yes, that's right. Yet. I think that Long Haul Bay can be a star. 
And I think from the outside post, it doesn't matter if it's dry or wet or whatever. I believe that he will run over broken glass and win this race today. Yeah, he's a nice horse. And his only poor effort on his past performance lines was a gigantic effort from American Anthem. Did we ever see him again? I mean, I don't know what ever happened to American Anthem, but he was a nice animal. Yeah, he was. And, uh, I think he did run again after that. One more time, I think. Yeah. But, but, uh, um, yeah. That, that performance that day was one very, very, very impressive performance. So anyone who was behind them, I'm sorry for them, but it was a rough day for the competition. Well, Sometimes it, it happens that way. And uh, I think uh, that I, I'm with you for sure. I think that horse is going to get bet hard yeah. and uh, going to prevail. Son of Quality Road is everything I believe in. Lightly raced, luxury, the one race that he lost, I completely understand. Yeah. That uh, when you're discouraged, knowing that you're about to get whipped, uh, yeah. not literally, but uh, in the sense of in the, in the race. Uh, yeah, figuratively, thank you. Yeah. Uh, that's what happened on that day, and I don't blame him, because American Anthem would have done that to any one of the horses in this field. Well, that was the day that uh, Bob Baffert and Mike Smith yes. put on a show at Belmont, and uh, they won with West Coast, I think Abel Tasman, yep. and uh, I think they won four that day, didn't they? And they won yes. every race. They by... won that race with the, uh, the horse who won the Lone Star Mile, that the horse of Bob's. Oh, began with yeah, began with M. What's yeah, yeah, he was, he by was Candy runner. Ride, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he's a good horse. Yeah, he, he he rattled off a lot of wins that horse, including a good race uh, at Lone Star and and, and was, in uh, the Met Mile. He won the Met Mile. Yeah. Very nice. What's his name? I can't think I know, of it. He put, away, he put away the Navarro horse who fired a big shot that day. Sharp as Azteca. Yes, he beat Sharp Azteca. Correct. Uh, the very one, I believe that this race will come off the grass. Uh, it's a five furlong sprint. Um, I, I, you know, I'd like to leave it on the grass because I bought that horse, Booze, the eight horse. Oh, yes. I called that win. I you called did. I called the win Park last year. And she didn't look like she'd any chance about the eight pole. And she, she came, came flying. flying. Yeah. So I think she's a very nice filly, and uh, Santuli team and the Alan Goldberg team are telling me that she looks very well, she's training well, and they're excited about today's race. So we'll hope, because if it is soft, it doesn't matter how soft it is, she will handle it. And uh, so I will go for booze in there, 15 to 1. All right, I don't blame you, and I like... uh uh, hey, uh, we, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't care who you like, okay? I like Smiling Causeway. I'll be rooting for you, though, brother. I, I, I called that win. That was an exciting win. Yep. And thanks to uh, our friends at Google, I can tell you the name of the horse was More Spirit. So More if you got the M right, so if it I was know. Wheel of Fortune, <sighs> you would have had an M. Ding! Yeah, ding. Right at the first level. <laughs> uh, the, the 12th race is the Sir Barton, 100,000, 21st running of the Sir Barton, the horse that won the Triple Crown many, many years ago. And uh, I remember on Derby Day, uh, Calumet sent out Funny Duck, and I don't think that anybody in this world could have picked a Funny Duck. I know two people that bet 20 bucks on Funny Duck You're based kidding. only on the name, which oh. is hilarious that they would have told me two separate stories. I was laughing because one of them is a pretty decent handicap. I'm like, really? And <laughs> yeah. said, you know what? I just looked at the name, and I go, I'm just going to put 20 bucks down. And guess what? Wow. That's a nice reward. Good yeah. for them. Yeah. Uh, How are you going to beat Axman? Bob wouldn't bring him here just for uh, just to play around. He's a good horse. I know Axman is a, a good horse. He's probably misremembered uh, who uh, Bob also trained. He's had a shameful who Bob also trained. Shameful is the oh, uh, Indian blessing. Uh, Indian blessing family, yes. And uh, so he like first time out he looked like a real good horse, and the second time out 
looked a little bit vulnerable. Third time out, he just ran off and hid from them, winning by eight and a half lengths at four to five. But of like, I'm not going to say that Axeman will not win, but I do think that you could take a chance against him with the eleven horse title ready, who was fourth last time out, beating six lengths in the Northern Spur at Oakland Park. But then he was fourth, beating five lengths in the Rebel. Two starts back behind Magnum Moon, and yeah. you know he is a he's a good horse who will not mind the uh, underfoot conditions, and I think that Title Ready will give Axeman a run today. I think he, he I don't think he's going to beat him, Frank, but I understand that that's my exact horse that I had to. So I expect him to fire, but I just think that Axeman is going to really put it on him. And my question is, if the other horse fires a big shot. Does a long shot come and nail him late when Axeman draws off and hides from him? Because that's what's going to end up happening. And so th- that's my only question. Otherwise, I think if you did it on ability, and if they if they weren't trying to win but rather finish second, I would agree with you yeah. that the second-place finisher will be title ready. The only thing that will get him beat is he does have tactical speed, and when Axeman starts to draw off, which I expect, Maybe a bomb from nowhere, but otherwise, I, I like those horses. Well, you know what I was going to say, uh, that f- uh, Funny Duck was owned by Calumet Farm, and Calumet do have the two-horse pony up, who'll be coming from a long way out, out of it, and yes. he could Look be the horse that's going to surprise everyone. Sometimes in these races at Pimlico, around the far turn, when you think you're home with something, and you, all of a sudden you start seeing, especially in the mud, uh, a horse relishing that off going, and you realize, look out. If yeah. you took a short price on Axeman, you yeah. might have some company in the form of Pony Up. Pony Up will be making up some nice ground. He will be making up some nice ground. Now, I know we mentioned the, the yeah. Preakness, but we got to do it again, the 143rd uh, running of the Preakness. And good to see the first and second from the Kentucky Derby come back for the, the East Coast-West Coast matchup and uh, justify... Well, he hasn't given us any indication uh, since that uh, day that he took a misstep when Bob Baffert took him out of the barn, but uh, he said he had a, a bruised hip and he had some scratches uh, on his leg. Uh, I know that before Desert Stormer won the Breeders' Cup, uh, when I breezed her on Wednesday, she came back off of the breeze and she was dog lame. And I was like, oh, this is it. You know, she's not going to run. And she was 100% perfect uh, that day and won. And Castledale, when he won the Derby, Jeff Mullins schooled him the day before. He brought him down, schooled him in the paddock, walked him back, and the horse went dead lame. Uh, like he, he uh, uh, I mean, he, we could never figure out. We've never, to this day, we never figured out what was wrong with him. But uh, he told me he was going to scratch, and he would just leave him in because he could scratch 45 minutes before the Santa Anita Derby. Then he called me the next day and said, well, he's fine, he's 100%, we're going to run. And we won. And so don't take it, uh, you know. It's very unfortunate when you see all the haters want to say, you, you know, that uh, Justify is, uh, is lame and this. He's not lame. He's doing very good. And I'm not saying that he will definitely win. Because you don't know how a horse is going to react from just a two, uh, you know, they've ran the longest distance in their life two weeks ago and now they're asked to do it again. But if there is any horse that can do it again, I'll tell you, he reminds me of Big Brown, this horse, and Justify, I believe, will uh, yeah. win the race. Good Magic will be second. Quip will be third. Yep. And, and you know, look, if Good Magic fires his best shot, he will be second. And I would not be stunned if Good Magic beat Justify. I love Justify, yep. but I've also loved Good Magic from day one. Absolutely. And the only reason I didn't pick Good Magic on top in the Derby was Justify. And so nothing would surprise me in that. 
Um, I just uh, I just think Quip's going to offer some value and then uh, maybe tenfold to complete the super and throw out everyone else, in my opinion. But let's just enjoy the second jewel of the Triple Crown, hope for a safe and fair trip for all. Absolutely. And it's, just, uh, it's just a great day in racing, and it's so much fun. Yep. So now we'll just quickly mention the Soaring Softly at Belmont Park. Uh, is that off the grass? Uh, I'm not sure yet. I haven't yeah. actually looked at all the changes. I would hope not. But yeah. Jimmy Toner, of course, trained Soaring Softly, and it was a magnificent training job. Um, you know, once she went to the grass, uh, it was bad news for the competition. Yep. And uh, he's actually going to try and, and win this race. Monimu. It's a, it's a, it's a very um, interesting race. Um, yeah. I, I'm, it's a great I'm a betting race. Best man with Gaffleone. Um, I think that uh, first of all, I've, my comments on Mr. Gaffleone are well documented on this show. I believe. You love him. I think he's the best rider in the country, which will piss off some people. Yeah, absolutely. That language. Yes. But I think he's especially on the turf. Yeah. There's no one else I would. Uh, no one I'd rather have on the grass than Gaffleone. He's amazing. Those rides are unbelievable. But this is a good race. Jimmy Toner uh, has uh, Monamu, like you mentioned, also has uh, Coffee Crush. Yep. Uh, Coffee Crush was giant. And our old friend Matt Carruthers put on a handicapping clinic when he went over the topic uh, on the air. Uh, on I love Matt. That was a vintage Matt moment all time for his work. Yeah. So I'll give him a little uh, shout out because we just call it like it is on this show, right, Frank? Absolutely. But I want to mention, if I can, the Politely Stakes today at Monmouth, which is definitely off the turf. We're off the turf today. Okay. I love the number one West Coast bias. There's some mud breeding in there. This is an honest individual. Glen Hill, classy silks. I rode the bus to Hollywood Park to put 20 bucks on Adder Card <laughs> when Skillful Joy beat her a long, long time ago, but I've always been a fan. Uh, the Damstire here repriced uh, a horse that I enjoyed Winning the opening day, Proctor. one of the divisions, a nice horse, front runner, yeah. and this is a, a horse that's going to relish. And I like a West Coast bias. That it's a very good bet at Monmouth Park. All right, so now before you go, just I'll ask you really quickly about uh, the Rick Dutrow situation. Uh, did you hear about the uh, uh, Dale Romans? We have Dale Romans on the show today. I didn't hear that that segment, but I certainly know that there's a big uprising to. Uh, to uh, get back uh, Rick Dutro, uh, you know, and and I know that there's some very passionate people are behind it, but I don't know the update. What's going on? I know you're a big Rick Dutro fan. Yeah, well, uh, I would have listened to you on Big Brown. Uh, uh, yeah, the Derby. That was one of the stupidest not listening to Frank Lyons moves of my life. <laughs> Do you know, I went to the Kentucky Derby and I was sure he was going to bounce off of that Florida Derby effort. He just, that was his third start in the Florida Derby. He and, bounced me out of uh, all my multi-race races, uh, but he really did. And so then Rick just asked him to just, just you know, let him stretch his legs down the lane. And I was standing with Rick and when I seen him move and seen that uh, stride, he was like a locomotive coming down and I was like, you know, this horse is that good. He will not get beat, and uh, well, the rest is history. Yes. Yeah. So, but the reason that uh, I'm uh, saying about Rick Dutra is, you know, like uh, in all fairness, um, Frank, if you if you uh, like I said to Dale, if you had murdered somebody, you'd get, you know, you go to jail and you get your sentence is, uh, you know, given up after you serve half of it, uh, basically. And uh, Rick really didn't do anything, and uh, so we we all got to get behind uh, this uh, this whole movement and get Rick back. That's all I got to say. Me, I know how you feel about him, Frank. I know he's a dear friend to you. Yeah, and I know that as a horseman, I know how much you respect him, 
and I certainly respect your views. I've never met Rick, yeah. but, uh, you know, I, uh, I respect anyone who stands up for a fellow man because America loves a comeback story. Absolutely, and uh, let me tell you, I will introduce you to Rick. We'll have a night out, Frankie, and you'll get to know the, he is just a solid, beautiful person. I know JMS Stable, one of my favorite stables of all time, was very much behind Rick Dutra. Absolutely, um, absolutely. And uh, they raced those two-year-olds with Brian Mayberry during my favorite year yeah. at uh, the West Coast track. So Ramblin' Guy. Remember Ramblin' Guy? I don't, remember, I don't really remember Ramblin' Guy that well, but I remember maybe, uh, I, I know the name, but I know, I remember Forrest Fealty. She was so, yes. just a, a sleek black filly that was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, my favorite was Stormy But Valid. Yeah. She was tiny, but she ran all day as Trevor Denman once. Valid day. appeal. And Stormy, but Valid's got a heart as big as the racetrack. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I remember them very well. A lot, yeah. of, uh, lot of good, it was Dallas Connection, um, you know, that whole thing. Yeah, Zealous yeah. Folia, a lot of the, a lot of those uh, Zealous, uh, that whole Zealous family came from them. Absolutely. Uh, all Valid appeal, I believe. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, so, well, Frankie, enjoy Preakness Day. Make plenty of money. Me too. And uh, let's chat next week. Thanks for everything, Frankie. Thank you, Frankie. Frankie Miramati, everyone. So I hope we helped you and gave you some winners this week. Uh, you know, you can reach me at, at RidersUpFrank on Twitter. Uh, you can also find me on iTunes as well as Riders Up Podcast. So good luck with your betting today. Enjoy the Preakness. We will chat next week.